0: everyone. The following is a direct message production with your direct link to your favorite stars. Hi everyone. This is rock solid with me, Crystal Fambrini. And this podcast is about exploring how you get to be your best, most rock solid self. And with me today is a dear friend, a mentor. Um, She excels in leadership. She's an entrepreneur. She is a mom, a new mom, although you probably feel like you're Not necessarily a new mom anymore. Um, (laughs) All around awesome woman. Um, You know, I consider you as Jenna Phillips, but I don't even. What is your full name now? Are you going by your husband's name?
1: Jenna Phillips Ballard. Yeah, I. You know, it's. it's, I'm like I can't. When I get married, I can't drop my name. It's my name. I love my name. And so, you know, it's a little unorthodox, but whatever. It's fine. Uh, But yeah, I go by Jenna Phillips Ballard.
0: Awesome and. Today, it's June 3rd, 2020, and I brought you on because I was looking for um, my strong white friends to speak up, you know, and talk about what's going on in the climate today. And, you know, you run a leadership academy. You have several different leadership academies now. You have ALA, Ascension Leadership Academy in San Diego, which is doing phenomenal. And you guys have pivoted to be doing Zoom workshops during COVID-19, which is amazing. And you've also started recently, like, female empowerment workshops, um, and I'll put that in the episode links, so people that are listening can go click on episode links and learn more about it and how you get to be involved with it. Thank and you. your main point is you create leaders, you help people be their best selves. So you're perfect for Rock Solid. You're actually my one of my inspirations for this podcast, as you know. You know, because we went through a leadership academy together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also help people break through issues and barriers. And I wanted to talk about the word leadership because People. Some people are scared of that word. I feel like they think that they're not leaders. They think that a leader has to be like leading hundreds of people or be a president of a country. And really, a leader can just be someone who stands up in their own family. It can be with you and a couple people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, I think the, it's it's really interesting to to think about the the reality that we're witnesses of and witnesses to right now. it's kind of stuff that we've, all, we've only ever really seen in movies, right? Like I kind of feel like we're just like in one big gigantic movie and I'm like, somebody pinch me at some point. Are we going to wake up? I mean, who? where's the savior that's going to come bursting through? Like who's been lurking in the shadows that's going to save us all? And it, that really comes down to us. Like what are the conversations that we're having? What are the mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversations that we're willing to have? Um, leadership is, is absolutely something that not everybody is going to choose. I mean- you couldn't pay me enough to be the president of the United States right now. I mean, that would be literally like the worst job in the whole world. And someone's got to do it, right? So when, when you choose leadership, when you choose to put yourself out there, you must be willing to be hated. You must be willing to say things that are going to come out of your mouth and wish you could just take it back. Um, You must be willing to have people not like what you have to say. Be willing to not be popular, be willing to not be liked. be willing to be judged. Like you you gotta be willing to have those experiences. Um, And so right now we've never needed a stronger representation of what it means to be a responsible leader. And that's what we teach and facilitate and, um, and stand for at our leadership Academy in San Diego. So it's, I am feeling right now in this time because everything is so chaotic and uncertain. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for so many people. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what what's the conversation that you're choosing to have, what's the interpretation you're choosing to have. For me, what I'm choosing to speak into is that we are actually in in a a revolution. Like we are in an experience that I hope really is representation of the fact that it kind of had to get a little bit worse or a lot worse before it got better, and. And, and we got to just really be clear that how we choose to navigate through this time is going to define the rest of our life. So how do you want to talk about yourself in five years from now? Like how you got through COVID, how you got through when there were you know like our entire planet is on fire. I mean, literally and figuratively. So, um, You know, and also, you know, with the
0: protests, you know, how did you
1: participate? Did you protest peacefully? Were you a part of the
0: looters? Um, You know, if you were afraid to protest, did you stay at home? Were you active on social media? Are you educating yourself? Are you listening to what the black community is saying? I mean, yeah, every single thing we are going to be looking at years from now. That's a really good point. Mm
1: -hmm. And, and I, and I think that it's challenging too. I'm, 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 in a, in a group, there's about 17 of us white women or white passing women who are trying to figure out the best way, right, to be in support, to be in contribution. Uh, we have platforms, we have people who follow us, who look to us for guidance. Like how can we change the narrative so that we're a part of the solution? And and there's just, a, what, what we're witnessing, when I'm I'll speak for, speak for I, like what I'm witnessing, I'm seeing that there's so much shaming of like white people kind of, I think, generally speaking, really want to help and really want to be a part of the solution. And, and not everyone, I mean, and that's a blanket statement, you can't, you can't blanket statement anybody or any, any group. But the, the crowd that I run in, like, we're all really wanting to be a part of the solution. And right now we are educating ourselves as much as possible. And, and then there's like the white, the, you know, the white shaming of like, you don't know the struggle that we've been through. Yeah, absolutely. We have no idea what it's like to get pulled over and fear for our life. We have no idea what it's like to be racially profiled. Um, I, want, I want to be an instrument for change. I, I'm, I'm committed to being a humble servitude. A, um, I definitely don't have all the answers. I don't know all the, all the answers. I have no idea really what the best thing is to do. So what I'm committed to in this time is, is to educate myself, to be a student of life for life, to really be in the, the, the conversation of how can we create sustainable transformation, and sustainable change in, in this climate that we're experiencing right now. Yesterday
0: on June 2nd, it's being reported today that all 50 states in the United States had protests, had George Floyd protests, which is incredible. I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened before in the history of America, this amount of protesting. And we're at a really pivotal, po- pivotal point right now. And today, in the next couple hours, you know, they're going to announce what's happening with the rest of the cops that were involved in the George Floyd incident. You know, obviously one cop is being charged for murder, but there's three other cops that right now, as we're talking about this, have yet to be charged. And it seems like in the next couple hours, they're going to have some um, more information and these cops, I would think are going to be charged. Um, oh, now so. if, if, if they're not going to be charged, we're going to see a lot of, of protests and civil uprising. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if they're not going to be charged. But right now, every single day I wake up, and I'm shocked with something that I see. So there's no givens in the climate that we're in. And I think that's what people are realizing too, that you can't Assume that this is going to get, just get taken care of. That other people are going to handle it because these issues, these racial injustices, keep getting, you know, keep happening, and they've been happening for years, centuries, and they're not stopping. It. At what point is it going to take for this to stop? At what point do we
1: get to have change? Well, I think that, you know, it's there's so many different conversations that are happening, and I'm hearing. Um, from my black friends, from my white friends, um, challenging conversations that I'm seeing from some of my white friends, even some of my family who are saying all lives matter. Mm. And, And so yes, of course they do. Of course, every single life matters. The challenge is right now, all lives are not being treated as if they're equal. There is a very specific group of people um who are not treated equally they're not i mean if you just think about watching the news and you see white mass murderers who literally slaughter children i mean the the shooter who killed in Sandy Hook all those children i mean i don't think that he was pinned down to the ground with a with a police officer's knee on his neck for 10 minutes like he i see these pictures of these white mass murderers who were just calmly put into the back of a police car and And so, if you think about the reptilian brain, like like flight or fight, you know, fight or flight, like survival, that the response that that people have um, when they are being put into custody, they're they're afraid for their life. So it's like there are so many different things that are at play that we cannot ever possibly understand. So yes, of course, all lives matter one hundred percent, and that's the utopian vision, like where we're going, where we hope to be going. That like yes, can't we all just get along? I would love for all of us to get along. I would love for the police officers who unfortunately use their power and their privilege in a way that is not expressing the fact that all lives matter, that is keeping this, this issue an issue. And so we must be willing to heal the fact that some people see separation as a thing. Separation is an illusion. Um, we gotta be willing to figure out the best way to heal that. It's, 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 a, it's a cycle that's been going on for thousands of years. It's in lineage, generational trauma, um, ignorance that's been passed on for, for centuries. And so we, we must be willing to heal that and look at how we can heal that if we're going to ever be able to operate in this place and space. We're like, guys, we all are one. We, we are one big team. So I, that's what I want. Yes. And we must be willing to shift the dynamic and shift the conversation for the people who don't believe that all lives matter that's the conversation that needs to be shifted and and also just one more thing about yeah. the rioting that we're seeing it's not about george floyd like he's a representation of the of of the issue that's that's a symptom of the problem right so and and then there's like this whole other thing it's like well who's actually looting who's actually rioting like where is it starting like you know i'm seeing videos of police officers putting bricks like like boston police officers putting bricks in an alleyway why are they putting bricks in an alleyway they're placing them there Piles of bricks are being placed in front of retail stores. So there's a lot more than what meets the eye that's happening. And people have theories, they have ideas, they have interpretations, they think what's happening, but it's like, nobody really knows what's going on right now. There's so much confusion. There's so much that's happening right now that is creating this divide and this, like this uproar, um, that this is like, everything's getting flushed to the surface right now, (laughs) And there's a a
0: couple things that I want to talk to you about that, what you just said. Um, One, when you talk about all lives matter, and this, I think, is such an important conversation for white people to be having with white people. I'm friends with a lot of Black, famous activists, and I've had a lot of aha moments with them in the last year prior to where we're at right now, where they have told me, you know, after we've been recording conversations for their shows and stuff, I, I would say to them, gosh, you know, I thought... I was aware, and listening to you guys talk, I realized that I'm I'm so white, and I would kind of laugh and make a joke about it because that's how you identify with things sometimes, and that's how you say sensitive, you know, bring up sensitive subjects, and you know they'd say to me, it's okay, we know you're really white, but we love you. They're like, but this is an example of you as a white girl getting to talk to your white friends about these issues because we have enough on our plate, and so these issues that you're having these aha moments with. We actually get annoyed about that because we've known about this. So you get to go talk with, you know, with your community and my community and your community, we have all walks of life, all ages, all, you know, all colors. But this idea, and when I see stuff on Instagram and I see my friends or my followers posting, why aren't people talking about all lives matter? I think there's ignorance around that. They're not understanding that people are reading that thinking that they're racist and so that's when us as white people get to call out our friends and call them up. You know, we don't have to attack them on on a DM on Instagram when you see that, call them up and say, "Hey, you know, let's talk about this. Do you realize that all but by posting the hashtag all lives all lives matter right now that that could be racist? It's just so Black lives matter, that's what we get to talk about. You said it really well. They're feeling underrepresented. We get to bring them up, and that's why it's black lives matter it's not all lives matter at this incident, at this time
1: right and and i think yeah. that the and what i'm also seeing is with a lot of my white friends are honestly terrified to say anything at all mm-hmm. because they're afraid of being shamed they're mm-hmm. fr- they feel like they're walking on eggshells but i want everyone to think about this think about the way that black people have needed to walk on eggshells in white America, like in America, what it means to be black living in America, kind of have to walk on eggshells. You walk into a store and someone, because you're being racially profiled, is watching you walk up and down the aisles, assuming that maybe possibly you're gonna steal something. I mean, I, I watched this video of this this black man who had an accent, I don't know where he's from, so he's probably not African American. He's probably, I think that he was originally from France. Um, and he's an FBI agent and, and he was having dinner with like outside having dinner with his friends, he's at this outdoor restaurant, and these police officers come up and put handcuffs on him wow. because they thought that he was somebody else. And so he is, he's, he's like, he shows them his badge, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he gets all their cards, and he's like, I, I, am I allowed to cuss on this? Am, am I allowed to say the F word? No? no. Okay, cool. Because I, <laughs> I, I was gonna basically quote him, but he says, basically, all of you MFers, I'm going to make sure that I go directly to your supervisor. And he's like, you are the biggest stupidest, like blah, blah. Like he just starts profanely commenting on, on who they be and all the stuff. And so he was so angry, but he was, he's like an FBI agent, like a really high up. And so no matter how successful you are, Mm -hmm. if you're black in America, you will still be racially profiled. And, you know, I saw this really interesting um, video on this black man's um, he's American. He's dark skinned black man and he is pro-trump like we live in the greatest country in the world we have we live in a land of equal opportunity we live in a land where everybody has the ability to create whatever it is that they want i'm successful i'm this i'm that like i have a great life and he goes on and on and on and on and on he's like all lives matter like all it and so this is and my white friends have been sending this to me like what do i do with this like you know because he was talking about the whole um blackout tuesday and black lives matter and, and that whole thing and so um, I did a post about the difference between Black Lives Matter and Blackout Tuesday and how people are just getting so confused. And and they're jumping on this bandwagon. They're saying like, oh, well my, my white friend posted this black picture, just a black image and hashtag Black Lives Matter. But it's like, be, my, be willing to do the research about the purpose of any kind of messaging that's happening. So really Blackout Tuesday was to not do any self-promotion to basically take a knee in solidarity and also in the meantime, like do some research, start to educate yourself. Have you seen the amendment? Have you seen the, uh, not the amendment, the documentary 13th? Have you, have you downloaded your own copy of me and white supremacy? Like there are so many different resources that are out there right now that like, this is an opportunity to really educate ourselves because we, we don't have all the answers. We don't know what it's like to be black in America. So it, I, I get that what he was trying to say was don't loop me into this, group of people who in his mind are being victimized and um you know profiled and all these things like he so wants to just be like america is the greatest country and i'm like really let's look talk about what this country was built upon genocide like let's talk about that let's talk and he's like i don't want any of you white people to feel sorry for the sins of your great of your ancestors and he's like i don't feel sorry for my ancestors it's like it, that's not what this is about this is a, an issue that is still existing today in 2020 That has not been healed because of what was started what our entire nation was built upon completely wiping out people who were not white so you know i don't feel i don't feel responsible for the actions of people who were here before us i feel responsible I feel absolutely responsible for who I get to be, the conversations I get to have, Mm -hmm. the way that I get to educate people about what it means to be a responsible leader, what it means to actually live as if all lives matter. Like that's the the vision. Like, and I think that some white people just don't get it. Like they just literally don't understand what it means to say all lives matter, like that hashtag. What it actually means to say black lives matter is not, and there was an amazing quote, I think it was Talib Kwali, who said, if my house is on fire, and you come to help me put out the fire, but first got it, you're saying to everybody, like all houses matter. <laughs> of course all houses matter, but my house is on fire right now. <laughs> so let's put out my house, the fire that's happening on my house. So it's like, we just gotta be willing to address that racism is still alive and well in, mm-hmm. in the United States. It's, it's global, it's all over the world. And I know that there are a lot of people who just like, I don't see color and we're all the same. Yes, we are. But unfortunately, there are people who don't believe that. Today in 2020, there are people who believe that we are separate, that it's us versus them. It's black versus white. It's cops versus blacks. And and that's not true because I have friends who are cops, who are amazing human beings who would never do that to anybody, especially based upon who they be as what their skin color is. And, And I also have, I also have black friends who are law abiding citizens who love white people who, you know, so it's like this blanketed generalization. That is, I think one of the biggest parts of the issue that we are experiencing today in 2020, like we got to be willing to look at that and address that and not sweep it under the rug. I'm so afraid of being called racist. So I'm not going to talk about racism. I'm so afraid of, of being generalized and, and, you know, you know, judged for being white. It's like, I'm just going to, all lives matter. It's like, no, that is actually (laughs) making you appear as if you're racist. So I think it's really important for all of us to educate ourselves in this time. And, you know, like where I'm taking my ability to make a difference is I've been reaching out to Um, officials like like government officials in San Diego Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything I can to get in touch with the governor of California um, starting at the local level and then also like the state level Mm -hmm. to bring emotional intelligence trainings to our government officials to our police officers so that they know how to respond to high stress adrenaline charged situations that they start to really see that like oh my gosh actually we are all the same wow actually wow we are all actually from the same cloth we're made from the same cloth and what does that mean so I think that there is just, there is just this, this white privilege is so deep in our DNA that it's in our subconscious. And, and like this, this separatism, this elitism, this, um, you know, I can't think of one white person who would rather be black today. Like literally think about that. Think about what it means to be black in America today. I can't think of one white person who would rather be black because of how dangerous it is to be black right now with, with what's happening right now.
0: The brave souls who are speaking out, fantastic, and then the people that see injustices and they whip out their cell phones and they start videotaping it, that is important too because we're now able to see what's going on and we're getting so many videos every single day of all the racism that's happening in the United States. Not only is it overwhelming, it's shocking because when you see it on video, it's a whole nother level. Women, black women getting pushed by police officers, a young girl who got pepper sprayed, a black young girl that got pepper sprayed during the protests. That was really just heartbreaking. That should never have happened. The, the people saying that they're gonna threaten, they're threatening black people. And here's the side note, black people are African-Americans. Like what's what's the term? What are we using right now?
1: I was literally actually talking about that right before <laughs> I got like, I'm in this group text and we're trying to like, what's the right thing to say? And what's the PC thing to say? Right. I think that because, there are so many Black people in the United States who aren't necessarily from the U.S. They're from Jamaica. They're from the Caribbean. They're from France. I mean, like, I, you know, they, they they could be from France. I mean, I know that's not their, their original, like, where their ancestors come from, but that's where they're born. So I was born in America, so I'm an American. Um, but my, you know, my ancestors are from Ireland. Um, you know, they're from Austria. They're from Sweden. So like, you know, I, I say that I'm white. I say that I'm American. I don't say that I'm a white American, you know, if you're just think. Yeah. It's so, so weird too that. Po- yeah. So, that point. Well, well we just, we just get to, and I don't say that I'm Swedish American. I don't say that I'm because I'm, I'm kind of a mutt. I'm kind of like a little bit everything, but we got to be sensitive to the fact that not everybody who is black in the United States is necessarily American and not, and they could be on a visa they could be visiting. Um, not every single black, per- not every single black person who was born in America um would also necessarily want to be called African-American maybe like maybe their ancestors come from Jamaica I know that you're like well where do they come from so it goes all the way back but like Mm -hmm. everybody has a different association or um they they the way they want to be represented we got to be present to that and sensitive to that and like ask questions not just assume just because you have black skin you're African-American because it's not true so it's it's really important that's again like we we got to be in the practice of not generalizing everybody under this one blanketed statement
0: and also you know take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves questions am i racist i don't think i'm racist at all okay um have i ever done anything that's racist and really think about it like when i've walked down the street before in the past have i seen a black man and been more fearful because of his skin color or was i fearful because of the energy and just go down that checklist And really analyze you know was it racist when I was at that dinner with friends and someone said a racist comment and I didn't speak up was that me being racist you know how can I change my actions in the future all these things we get to look at by me you know with the protests happening right now and me reaching out to only black friends is that me being being racist? I mean, they, I have so many questions around this. It's a, such a layered issue. Um, you know, your grandfather, him, you know, maybe you you have a, a grand, a grandfather who says the wrong word. He says colored, you know, is, is that you being racist because you don't say anything at the, at the dinner table? Like these are things well, that think, we all get to look at and talk about and well, address. And, and,
1: and I don't think there's one right answer because you can ask if you look at the interpretations of every individual person. Um, you ask yourself what's right, what's wrong. And I think that whatever your truth is, is your truth. I mean, it's, it's, of course, you know, my, my truth is that we all are the same. Like we, we, I, I want to be able to live in a world where we all are treated equally, where we do Mm -hmm. feel like we're in this together. It's not us versus them. There aren't this, this feeling of borders or distance or separation. Like we really are all connected because, um, if you really understand the, the inner workings of the universe, you realize that there is, there is no separation from anything. Like we are, all, we are, we're all directly connected. And so the pain and the suffering that, I mean, i my heart feels for humanity that is happening at a higher level right now. It seems like it's happening at a higher level, but honestly, it's just because of social media. It's in our face. Like this has been going on for hundreds yeah. of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you think about like, everyone's a reporter, Everyone is uh, a photographer. Everybody has their their cell phone and that is how we're able to see what's happening. I mean, I was able to witness this video of Boston police officers taking bricks out of the back of their truck and putting them in this alleyway. So without- And that's soliciting- unbelievable.
0: Like that's, that's hard for me to even, like when you first said it, I was like, I'm gonna look, that's not true. No, she must have gotten that information wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna send you the video. I'll and that's why these videos see. are
1: so powerful because when you see it, you are just well, listen so, th- so this was a person videotaped like filming recording with a cell phone from a top level whatever their apartment building like like one building removed with a zoom in capacity and going like oh my god what are they doing They're, those wow. are bricks So it's like, they didn't know that anybody was watching them. They thought they were like being undercover in this alleyway, taking the bricks out and putting them conveniently in this alleyway for maybe, who knows, maybe it's undercover cops who've been hired to go in and start the rioting and and create this agenda and this narrative to further exacerbate the issue of what's happening right now, this like black versus cop thing. So, you know, and, and I'm seeing videos of these white women with masks on spray painting black lives matter vandalizing this building and this black woman she comes up and she's like can you please not do that you're gonna make it worse for us and then it's just so there's something that's that's happening many things that are happening that we can't quite understand but the source of all of this has been it's it's thousands of years old and so I believe that there's a huge opportunity to really create a different level of transformation and work with leaders in a different way. I feel very strongly about the the uh, what what could be made available with our government officials and our police officers sitting with with plant medicine and like connecting to the earth and connecting to lineage of like we are not separate. I mean, there's so much that's available here, and what I see possible may not be witnessed in this lifetime, but that's not going to stop me from doing everything I can to educate myself and, and like connecting with my black friends, connecting with my black influencer friends who really also need us to actually use our voices, but not from a place of I'm the white savior and I'm just going to come in and I know the answers. I'm just going to do what I can. It's like, we also get to be humble in, in this transition and in this exploration and in this uncovering of the symptom itself, because it's so deep. And it's been going on for so long that it's not an overnight fix. It's not going to happen by fighting fire with fire, um, you know, with, with, force and, and dominance and all the stuff that certain leaders have been speaking into, like that kind of rhetoric. I, I really just invite all of, all of you, anyone, if you're white and you're listening to this, I invite you to know that we don't have the answers. I definitely don't. Um, do your research, ask questions, be in the conversation of who do I get to be so that I'm an instrument for change. You know, you've worked with thousands of people and helped transform
0: them with emotional intelligence. Have you ever transformed or worked with
1: a racist? I absolutely have. I've had. I've I've witnessed so just to kind of set some context for our trainings. I mean, you're obviously familiar with them, but for anyone who yeah. has no idea yeah. um, the kind of context of our trainings, we have people who come in for, from all walks of life: black, white, Asian, Native American, um, you know, Republican, Democrat, um, you know, Independent. So like all different political beliefs, all different skin colors, all different religious practices. Um, you know, Catholic, Muslim. Which is part of the magic of it. That's, right. that's part of the magic. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we've got people from smorgasbord. It's like a big, huge buffet of like all different kinds of people, all different countries, anyway. And all different age, age groups as well. So, and we have transgender. We've like literally every, you could just think of it. We, we've had people from all walks of life come into our training. So um, what I see that's so special about this work is that after literally just seven calendar days, everybody who's in that room you witness when they they they're hugging each other they're standing in a circle like connecting mm, it's beautiful hand to hand arm in arm like embracing each other completely forgetting about the lineage the generational the the um, you know the ignorance the the trauma like all the things that have been passed down and things they've experienced that have had them have this belief system that I mean you've seen i've seen people from pakistan embrace um, brothers from Iran. Like it's just, it's just, it's insane what's possible through transformation. So yes, I have. And I, and I've, and I, and I've, it, and you also got to remember that the, the lineage generational. It takes a long time to kind of switch, switch into a new way of thinking. And so that's why we, we work with our students for three months after they go through these trainings so that we're, it's like the repetition of remember that we're all one. Remember that we're all in this together. Remember that there is no separation. Separation is an illusion. And so it takes a lot of conditioning to undo the programming because no child is born thinking that racism is a thing, thinking that sexism is a thing, or that scarcity is a thing, or that limitation is a thing, that separation is a thing. It's like that is all taught. So it's the unlearning process that you know, I'm so committed to because I believe I've, I've seen it. I've witnessed it right, literally right before my eyes. And I know that the people who really get to have access to our trainings are people who are working in the government, who make the big decisions for our culture, for our communities, for our state, for our planet, for our country, for our nation. Like this is, th- I've been trained for this moment in time. Like this is literally what I'm really clear is the next step of, of my leadership is, I really get to, yes, of course, I I love transforming Aunt Karen from Kentucky. I love supporting, um, (laughs) you know, your niece who just graduated from college and trying to figure out her life. Like, yes, and responsible leadership is, it needs to happen right now. And so while I don't have all the answers, I'm still committed to being whoever I get to be so that I can directly have conversations with people who are in high levels of power, who do make the decisions and maybe who do connect certain ideas and opportunities to the White House, like what would it look like for the White House administration to go through our trainings? What would it look like for our government officials to be like, wow, yes, we actually are all in this together. Like, yes, all lives actually do matter. Okay. So let's support people who don't realize that or see that have mandatory trainings. Like what would it look like for it to be a mandatory graduation kind of thing? Like if you want to graduate from high school, you get to go through our trainings. You get to have access to emotional intelligence and you get to realize that the unfortunate ignorance of your parents, you get to break that cycle and begin a brand new one. So it's the breaking of the cycle that is mandatory if we really actually want to live in a place in a space and time where all lives matter. But until mm-hmm. we're able to heal the belief that all lives are not equally respected, then we can't say all lives matter because while we want that to be the truth, People don't believe that it is. There are some people who still today in 2020 don't believe that that's true. And that's what we get to heal. And those people,
0: you're talking about the big picture and the little picture, which is great. You know, I love your vision to get into the White House and implement change there with emotional intelligence training. And I love, you know, your neighbor that needs, you know, support to be their best self. It's everyone gets to go through this, everyone gets to talk about it, everyone gets to connect on these issues. What would you tell someone? what can they do right now, you know, to have these conversations with their friends? How do they broach them? You know, outside of social media, outside of protesting, what are
1: some communication skills to use? I would say that the biggest thing is ask, ask people, like go, be willing to have conversations with people who might even contrast your belief system. Because if you think about the circles that we all run in, are oftentimes, we share belief systems, we share perspectives. Um, And so I was having a conversation with one of my family members and she was very clear that all lives matter. And I said, yes, they do. And we, and I invited her to have a conversation with with any of her black friends. I I have a lot of, me personally, I have a lot of black friends. I have a lot asking, of friends in general. True, <laughs> you like, true. You probably have like the most friends of anyone I know. <laughs> I do have a lot of friends. Um, and I have a lot of black friends. So and I have a yeah. lot of white friends and Asian friends. And I have, yeah. I have small walks of life, right? So um, so I've been having conversations with my black friends. Like, how can I be an instrument of change for you in this time? And so I really invite, as me, if you're white and you're listening to this, like, please ask questions ask your black friends. And if you don't have any black friends, like, hello, it's time to get some black friends. Not because not to add more color to your life, but it's like, open up your circle of influence. Like who are you being influenced by and how are you allowing yourself to, to really understand the full scope of what it means to be human being? Because again, like, I love that we're different. I love that there are different cultures. I love that. I mean, I, I oddly enough have never felt more at home in any place than I've felt when I went to Africa. Like I've been to multiple countries in Africa. Um, maybe I had a past life there. I don't know. But I, I loved the the richness of the earth and the air and the people and the culture and the, it's just, it's, uh. so I love that there's differentiation. And so I think that we get to be in the practice of respecting that and being curious and, and like asking questions and never assuming or thinking that we have all the answers, that we know all the answers because we don't. It's like the more that I learn, I realize how much I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's really trusting ourselves to to know that we can be in the process of learning while we also move forward and be committed to being a part of the bigger picture and the bigger conversation. And um, and so I really, really I really invite every single one of you who are listening who is listening. Um, I'm speaking to each of you individually like if you're white and you're listening to this right now, please make a very clear intentional point of asking questions from people who live a different perspective and live a different narrative than you and be willing to be educated in what it means and what it's like to be black in America because I will never be pulled over and be afraid that I'm going to potentially lose my life by saying the wrong thing or reaching for my glove box a little too quickly or reaching down to itch my leg. And then he may be the police officer thinks that I'm reaching for a knife or a gun, like whatever, whatever could potentially happen. That will never be a fear of mine. I mean, of course I get pulled over. I'm like, you know, because cops, but I'm not going into that thinking like I could potentially lose my life right now. So, and I think people, if they need support with um, a lot of people are, are scared to go out of their comfort
0: zone are scared to talk to people that are different than themselves. Um, Talking with strangers by Malcolm Gladwell is an amazing book. It's a very inspiring book. I think if you read that, it'll help you get out of your, um, circle and be inspired to talk to other people. I think that's a really great point point. Um, and to get out of these echo chambers and unfortunately social media has done a lot of great things Social media brings us these videos that these unbelievable videos that we see that you know infuriate us and get us mm-hmm. to, to Act, but they also keep us sometimes if we choose to in these echo chambers And you're just seeing the same voices over and over again. And so to step out of that uh, is, you know what is we, you know, we thing. also
1: don't see in the media, peaceful protests, which are happening, black people, white people coming together in, in solidarity and unity coming together and being a part of the narrative of like, what is actually possible. We're
0: not the seeing that in also, the mainstream media, but we are seeing right. it on
1: social media, you know, right. which, which right. so more people get to post those things. Right, right. So that's right. And I've been, I've been, in my Instagram stories, I've been sharing videos of piles of bricks being placed in front of retail stores. I, I shared the video of the police officers taking bricks out of their truck and then leaving them in the alleyway. There's also a video that I shared in there that, sh- that both Preston Smiles and Caduce, they shared on their profiles of this, this white dude taking a skateboard and breaking the window and this black guy coming in and grabbing it and telling him to stop. So mainstream media is not going to show that. I've also seen, um, I've not seen, but heard that people are seeing videos of black people with earpieces in who are going in and like vandalizing and looting and so it's like why are they wearing earpieces what's happening like what's the so then there's this whole theory that it's all like this this the setup and that they're using the they're using the murder of george floyd to really be in this anarchy kind of division Let's build, let's, let's break down the buildings. Let's bring the building down. Let's loot. Let's riot. Let's, let's continue this narrative, which has been pushed upon us by the media and by people in power. So it's like my invitation for every single one of you is to please do your research and be curious about what's actually happening. Of course, 100% people are angry. People are protesting. Yes, there is rioting, And I think that there's also some things that are taking place that nobody truthfully understands. I don't understand it. I'm curious about it though. I want to learn more about it. I want to, I want to keep my eyes open and be present to you. there's more than what meets the eye that's taking place right now.
0: And also, I like what you said about everyone has the power within themselves to transform. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, don't give up on people. Um, you know, always have hope, always have love. And uh, one more question I wanted to talk to you about is being a new mom, how has it changed you? How do you, with, you know, with your mom lens, how do you see all this? How do you feel all
1: this? I feel like being a mom is the most important job in the world. Um, I look at my son who is so innocent and Mm -hmm. sweet and cute and funny and just like the most amazing creature I've ever laid eyes upon. Um, I'm a little biased, but he's also that. So it's, It's like, we, we look at these, these innocent little beings and they're so impressionable. I mean, he's, he's doing things every single morning we go outside and we connect with all the plants and we go to this tree and I, and I say, good morning, world. Good morning, world. Good morning plants. And he's starting to do this thing with his hand. Like, cause I, this is what I do. I'm like, good morning, plants. Good morning tree. And he's like doing this with his hand and he's, he's a sponge. So he's learning my mannerisms. He's learning, you know, things that I'm doing and he's, he's implementing. So I'll make sounds with my, with my, with my mouth and he'll try to do it. So, so kids are just sponges. And so it is absolutely our responsibility to change the narrative of the next generation and be a part of what we want to see become a new reality. And so our children are the future and what we cause and create with our kids right here, right now in this time frame, we have the potential, we have the ability to change the world and break the cycle. So for all of my new moms and dads out there, this is, such an important time to educate your children and let them know that separation is an illusion that that we're all made from the same cloth. We all have blood, we all have organs, we have brains, we have souls, we have hearts, we have spirits, we have feelings, we have emotions, we have desires, we have wants, we have needs, we have fears like we all do. And so I feel a deep profound sense of responsibility to be a part of the next generation and be a steward for my son. Not make his mind up for him, not tell him what he should do, shouldn't do, but empower him and educate him as much as I possibly can and let him know that he always has a choice.
0: I love that, I love that. Is there anything, there's so much to talk about with this. You know, this is an ongoing conversation. We just skimmed the surface, but I loved having you on. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, taking the time to do this. And my last question, which I try to ask everyone, what does it mean to be rock solid
1: to you? Which is a big question. I, know. I just got chills. I just got chills when you ask me that question. What does it mean to be rock solid? It means to be unwavering in your commitment to your vision. Um, for me, to be rock solid is like, I mean, I think that we've all had the opportunity to practice being rock solid, especially in 2020. I mean, you think about this year. I mean, first Kobe Bryant dies, then COVID, then our global revolution, our, let's on a nation level, like, our nation is under a revolution right now. I mean, I, that's what I hope is taking place. So, it's it's being unwavering and being committed to the vision of what you see possible for your life and the life of others that you're here to serve, and and be resilient regardless of the climate, regardless if there's a tsunami or a drought or a thunderstorm or a rainstorm or a snowstorm. Like, be so grounded and so firmly planted in your purpose that nothing can rock you. Ooh, love it.
0: All right, I love you. Thank love you, you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Bye.